Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Isakos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Dr. Manos Briliakis, we are more than happy to have Dr. Tom Doyle from the Department of Trauma and Orthopedics at the National University of Ireland, Galloway and Galloway University Hospital from Ireland with us today. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published article titled The Statistical Fragility of Management Options for Acute Achilles Tendon Ruptures, a Systematic Review of Randomized Controlled Trial with Fragility Analysis in the Journal of ECOSO. Hello, Tom, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. So maybe you can tell us a few words about your clinical and scientific background before we start with your interview. Hi, uh, I'm delighted and honored to join you this evening. So uh, I'm an intern now in orthopedics in the Irish National Orthopedic Hospital in Kappa, and I'm a candidate for a master's degree in surgery at the beginning of my orthopedic career. Perfect. So how did you come up with this study and what does statistical fragility mean? Um, I suppose once we as a group of authors first learned about the concept of statistical fragility, we were all captivated by it and we wanted to see how we could apply it to the examination of orthopedic evidence. I was reviewing the literature and Achilles tendon ruptures began to stand out to me as an area with an inconclusive evidence base and I approached my co-author Dr. Martin Davey with the idea to bring a fragility analysis to this. And interestingly, this idea had already occurred to him and we went from there. So fragility is a concept related to a finding of statistical significance. The fragility index for any given outcome is the minimum number of events which would have to be reversed to change that finding of significance. It's probably best to illustrate it with an example. So if a new surgery, when compared to the conventional treatment, was found to have a significantly lower rate of tendon re-ruptures, a fragility index of mean of four would mean that uh, had four more participants had a re-rupture, the result would not have been significant. So the fragility index or FI has to be interpreted in the context of a given study. There's no cutoff like a p-value less than 0.05. So is a fragility index of four good or bad? So this is where it depends on the trial. And this is where the fragility quotient is of use. So this is a fraction whereby the fragility index is divided by the trial population. And this gives added context to the F, to the fragility index relative to the size of the trial. So a fragility index of four may be appropriate for a small trial with few participants, but it may also suggest a finding is highly fragile in a large trial of 400 patients, where a reversal of just a handful of four patients would be enough to change the finding. And the eagle-eyed among us will have deduced from these examples that the process is limited to dichotomous data as we cannot reverse the findings of discrete data like a VAS score or other numerical scores. Great, thank you. And, and can you explain the workflow of, of your study? How did you perform this study? Okay, so I suppose we started with a literature, literature search according to the PRISMA guidelines which we whittled down to 51 randomized controlled trials which were examining the treatment of acute Achilles tendon ruptures. We then grouped them to allow for comparison between the classes of treatment, surgery versus conservative treatment, comparisons between different surgical methods, platelet-rich plasma versus conventional treatment, intermittent pneumatic compression versus conventional treatment, and early versus late rehab. 
Then on our data sheet, we extracted all of the dichotomous outcomes reported and their p-values. We calculated the fragility index for each outcome using free open source software called GraphPad by sequentially altering the results until there was a reversal of the significance finding. And then we calculated the fragility quotient in Microsoft Excel by dividing by the trial population. We examined all of the trials to assess the quality of evidence using the modified JADAD score with 49 of the 51 trials having a high quality of evidence. And we also reviewed all of the studies to see which had reported a statistical power analysis. Statistical power is the probability of rejecting the null hypothesis when it is in fact false. And the power analysis is when a statistician will predict the number of participants that will be required to show a significant difference between the treatments given an expected event rate. Perfect. So um, if, uh, if we look in, in your um, article, the box plot of statistical power subgroup analysis in figure three shows that you have found a lot of studies which do not report a power analysis or are underpowered. What does this fact mean for statistical analysis and the results? So a well-designed trial will have a power analysis and ideally this will be performed a priori or before recruitment so as to ensure that the trial recruits enough participants to show that a statistical difference if one exists or to show that one does not exist. If this is not done uh, prior, an analysis can be performed post hoc to establish if the trial was sufficiently powered, although this is less ideal, especially if one only finds out afterward, after conducting an expensive study that it was underpowered. And then some studies will not report any power analysis, such as 19 of the 51 studies in our review. And this is something we've recommended against. This is not really statistically appropriate. We wanted to see which trials, uh, the trials which failed to report a power analysis, would they be more prone to fragility? And what we found was that they tended to be more fragile than trials with appropriate statistical power and had very similar, almost the same levels of fragility as trials which were underpowered. Uh, we were not massively surprised that they were more fragile than the appropriately powered group, but we were surprised by the added degree of fragility um, and this suggests that it was not just a failure to report a power analysis, but it suggests that there were methodological limitations within these studies that failed to report a power analysis. If you would summarize um, your article, what was your most important finding regarding to Achilles tendon ruptures? Um, the most striking finding for us was that in 40% of the included trials, the number of patients lost to follow-up was greater than the fragility index or the number required to alter a finding of significance. We obviously can't know what the outcomes would have been for these patients, but it suggests that had the trial been completed without such an attrition of patients, the, finding may, the findings may have been inverted. And as such, this casts doubts over um, the findings of these studies. Did the results of this review change your clinical practice? The implications for practice which this systematic review raised really was the importance of matching patients to the appropriate treatment for their circumstance. As has been shown in the literature before, there is no one universal best treatment for all circumstances 
and we found nothing in this review to dispute this. Our main takeaway from this review is that we need more high quality evidence in the field. Perfect. So what would be your advice for a young and enthusiastic researcher when he is trying to do his first um, um, research? Uh, my advice to any enthusiastic novice is to just start. It really is a case of learning on the job. Share your passions with others and find a mentor who can give you the guidance to imply, apply your enthusiasm. In many ways, it's never been easier to do research. There are numerous free resources online to help you deal with any problem that may arise. And my final piece of advice would just be to be prepared for failures and for rejections. But perseverance is required in this business and not to forget that the process of discovery should be fun and enjoyable. I couldn't add any more. So Tom, thank you for your time to join our podcast and hopefully we'll have you back for your next podcast with your next publication in the Journal of Physicals. Thank you very much. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Physicals. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.